0: This show is sponsored by This Could Be Your Name, the writer of This Could Be Your Book. Contact us to find out more about sponsoring an episode. The following content is strictly designed for the enjoyment of a mature adult audience. Headphones are recommended as these stories are recorded in left to right dimensional stereo.
1: Hi, sexies. This is Avril, and you're listening to all the filthy details, the Erotica Communities podcast. We've been super busy behind the scenes, working away at trying to get you more deliciously naughty content, and finding more ways to grow the brand. I think the general consensus of people is... Exhaustion. But still, we push on because our goals elude us. In this episode, we're joined by our latest star recommendation winning guest, Lisa X. Lopez, the writer of The Beauty of Broken Things. That's later, but let's start with a partial chapter from Strapped by Phoenix Fox. Enjoy. This is a partial story for all the filthy details. Head on over to the Patreon for the full audio. Links are in the description.
0: Was ...in
2: the fattest plug in the case. It was a matte, dark blue and made of a firm silicone. The shape was like a teardrop with the end a small, round point, and it stretched into a wide, bulbous shape that I had to guess was at least three inches wide. There was a shit thin cord with a flat circle that would sit flush with his hole while the rest was seated inside him. Duke handed me a small bottle of warming liquid and I crawled over to where Wes's ass gently swayed in the air and my gaze caught onto the little welts from the whip Duke had been using on him. I took a moment hungrily to get my fill of his firm, tight mounds and leaned forward to drag my tongue across the left side. His skin tasted salty and perfect and the sound of his throaty moan made me reach my hand in between my legs to satiate my own need a sharp sting across my cheek made me cry out and Duke's body heat pressed behind me as he gripped my throat with a warning squeeze and I dropped my hand from where I most wanted to be touched his slender but strong frame still managed to surround me entirely and his breath tickled my neck His arms came up on either side of my face and his hands dug into Wes's cheeks, spreading him before me. He wasn't shaven, but he was clean and his tight hole was puckered and begging me to lash at it with my tongue and my mouth watered at the thought. I watched with keen interest as Duke ran his thumb against the outer rim and Wes's legs shook with strained effort to keep from buckling. He was groaning and pushing back to show Duke he wanted to feel him. With a quick slap to either cheek, he put the larger man back into his place again, and when I could tell he wanted me to, I surged forward to drive my tongue into his waiting hole. He lurched forward with a cry of surprise that quickly turned into a bellow of pleasure. As Duke held him in place, I fucked him with my tongue, short, hard thrusts. To prepare him for the pressure of the plug, I lifted my hand and stroked softly along the pulsing length of his cock, and he released a dry sob, and more orcum dripped from the tip. Duke moved one of his arms, and I heard the opening of the bottle of lube. I pulled back, watching as the thread of spit between us stayed intact. One arm still held Wes open, and Duke poured some of the lube down the centre of his ass, and I instantly began working my thumb alongside Duke's to open Wes up. He relaxed and thrashed his head. His voice came out in a whimper.
3: Please, Daddy, let her make me come already.
2: You beg so sweetly, baby. Duke said, as he dripped more lube, but onto the plug in my hand. I raised it and started to swirl it over Wes's waiting hole, when a sound behind me had me clenching my thighs. The sound of Duke's buckle thudding on the ground and the shuffling of his leather pants coming off made me clench my thighs. As I pressed the plug into Wes slowly, I used my other hand to stroke his aching cock. Duke's strong hands pushed me forward slightly, and I groaned at the feel of his cock-head pressing at my entrance. I was a dripping mess, and had been desperate for someone to flop me this whole time. He must have felt how much I wanted it, because he let out a ragged groan before he surged forward and impaled me on his cock in one swift move. He had cock-piercings. I had no idea how many, but I could feel the small little bars as they dragged along the inner walls of my pussy. It had been torture of the most delicious kind, and Duke was of an average size, but seemed to fit perfectly inside me. He fucked me so vigorously that my face was only millimetres from Waz's ass. So I trailed bites all over the reddened skin as I jerked my hand over his cock in time with Duke's thrusts. Even though people had surrounded us on all sides, all I could focus on was the slapping of my angel's balls against my skin and the hoarse cries of Wes as he begged for release. He clenched and I ripped the plug from his ass as he spilled all over my hand. In one swift move, he ripped through the ropes binding his hands and turned to grab me by the throat as Duke continued to fuck me from behind. I gasped in surprise as he fisted his still-leaking cock and shoved it into the back of my throat, and had earned a gag. He growled in approval, and began to fuck my face as Duke fucked my pussy. Just when I had thought it couldn't get any better, Duke reached down and pinched my clit between his fingers, and I erupted. I squeezed his cock and bounced back into his thrust as he roared his own climax and his fingers dug into the sides of my hips. I briefly considered getting those bruises tattooed, so I'd never forget the way this orgasm shattered my entire world. I panted for air as words slid out of my mouth and sat back on his heels, a dark smile on his face as he watched Duke rock into me with slow, lazy thrusts. Thankfully, I'd had an IUD for many years at that point, because I loved the way his cum began to slide down my legs as he pulled out. He'd filled me completely. He flipped me onto my back and pushed my thighs open to stare with an open mouth at the way I was coated in his cum. My core still pulsed with the aftershocks of my climax, and I knew I could easily come again as Duke scooped the dripping cum from my leg and shoved it.
0: Remember, some of these stories are much longer. Head over to our Patreon so you don't miss all this.
2: Come again as Duke scooped the dripping cum from my leg and shoved it back inside of me.
3: I think my husband is quite fond of you, Hayden.
2: Wes said from above me. He toyed with my nipples as I squirmed under their gaze.
1: Strapped is available on Amazon Kindle Store. Or on our Patreon in audio and ebook formats. It's worth noting that our Patreon offer is well worth looking at, especially when considering the value for money you'd be getting. Any subscription opens you up to hours upon hours of hot, steamy, erotic audiobooks and exclusive podcasts. You can download your books to be listened to offline or just stream them. Remember to check out the links to get you some more. You're listening to All the Filthy Details. (laughs) Hot erotic books and websites to look out for. A young writer, Jessica Sequest, has been chained to a desk in a mirror wall dungeon and made to write erotica for the pleasure of a mysterious stranger. The man behind the mirror. Her book, Mirror, Secret Mirror, is set to be published in May. Check out MirrorSecretMirror.com to read some of her intriguing erotic stories for free. Passion or Prey by Alina Nix The dark thrill of hunting his wife down, overpowering her, and slaking his lust draws Felix into a chase through forest, fields, and derelict buildings as a storm rolls in. When he finds her... He'll have to subdue and restrain her before he can exercise the demons that threaten their relationship. He loves Kara deeply, but can he rein himself in when he finally has her bound and helpless? Entrapped by James Hardcourt. A young married couple, a wealthy widow, and an offer that could change their lives. What will they give up to truly gain their freedom? Sex and relationship blogger Emma Stevens is conflicted when she receives a shocking offer from a rich and domineering follower, Catherine Argent. What will they trade to have her loving husband's manhood locked away in a tight steel cage, his pleasure denied for an entire year? What's it worth? What will they learn? And what will it really cost them all? Links can be found in the description. You're listening to All the Filthy Details. (laughs) Time for our spotlight on eroticists. We are honored to be joined by the talented Lisa X. Lopez, our latest star recommendation winner. Hello, Lisa. You've won our star recommendation for your excellent title, The Beauty of Broken Things. One of the nagging criticisms about the title by our small team of reviewers was how erotic this title actually is. As the author, how do you see this title?
4: And what were you trying to achieve narrative-wise? With Beauty of Broken Things, I actually started with the intention of building a true love overcomes story. I fully intended to have the two of them together and screw in the end. When I started writing it, the ending didn't seem like the right choice. By then, Kelso seemed much more like a father figure. The ending it got was, I felt so much more emotional and fitting for the overall tone of the story. I wanted to tell a story about a woman who overcomes a traumatic past in which she's groomed as a sex slave. She used those skills to survive after having escaped from that life, but she is scared inside and out. It's a dirty world that we don't really talk about. Maybe it was the horrible, abstinent thing that really made me start thinking about it. In the world of erotic literature, this one is not the most erotic, it's hard to classify. In the end, I wanted it to be a message about how people that are broken and have every reason not to continue can still strive for something and find it. Sometimes all it takes is someone else to notice that they are worthwhile to make all the difference.
1: Where under the impression that you may write several genres, possibly under different pen names, are we way off
4: or has this been something you've considering doing at some point i do write different types of things but only under one pen name lisa x lopez i don't have any plans to write under another name at this point but i never dismiss a possibility your
1: body of work seems to be diverse regarding the content of your books for someone who is unfamiliar with lisa x lopez What are your branding factors which you
4: believe are consistent when people read your work? What I have published is diverse. I have done a dark fantasy book, a taboo romance, a lesbian seduction romance, and then The Beauty of Broken Things. What I set out to do with my writing was to bring emotional stories and mingle them with sexy stuff. At the heart of every story, though, it's a character. If people read my work, I want them to know that they are going to experience emotions. There will be a lot of sadness, tragedy, and obstacles to overcome. In the end, I want to make people feel.
1: We mentioned on last month's podcast we have a personal issue talking and endorsing books with taboo sexual activity. We know as a creative person... These are genres which you've written also. Do you understand our stance as influencers? And do you think there are some misconceptions people have when it comes to taboo and erotica?
4: I have written a taboo romance book. I know that is a polarizing topic. I absolutely appreciate that. It is not a topic that's for everyone. I also respect that some places don't want to talk about it or carry it. Taboo topics do have an understandable stigma. I think that the topic in erotic fiction has, like anything else, good and bad sides. The way I chose to represent it was not by portraying as something that involved from a place of lust. It was a relationship that came out of a shared tragedy. I feel like if It's a topic that is treated with respect. It can be emotionally moving.
1: We see you've actually worked with one of the writers, Tori Hamlin, which we reviewed at the same time as we read your book last month. What was that project about? And how was that experience?
4: I did work with Tori Hemling on my book, The Demon Chain. I have read all of his books. In fact, he is the one who encouraged me to publish The Beauty of Broken Things and 12 Days and Christmas. He has been kind of my guide and a huge help in getting books formatted, edited, and show me the ropes. Without his help, I don't know if I ever would have published anything. Working with him was a lot of fun. We have a really similar style, and both of us appreciate that the heart of a good story and characters. The Demon Chain was my first attempt at doing a fantasy story. I also wanted to make it dark and a bit gritty. I do character and emotion pretty well, I think. I don't really do dark and greedy as well. Tori Hamlin is very dark and dirty, so I was able to turn the dark bits over to him. Overall, the finished product, I think, came out great.
1: You released a new title in February. What is it called, and what can we expect from it?
4: I released a short work called Comfort Sun, which is roughly the length of The Beauty of Broken Things like everything. I wanted it to be a little different. Comfort Zone is about a sexually confused young woman named Kemi. Her first sexual experience was with a young man who turned out to be gay. And when he couldn't do the deed, he told her that it was her fault. Ever since then, she willed herself off so that she doesn't get hurt. Then a new hire in her office slowly starts to bring her out of her shell. And she realizes that she has desires that she never really acknowledged. It's a bit of seduction romance and a coming out story.
1: How do you see the characters that you write? If you could trade places with one of your fictional characters
4: for a week, would you? Who would it be and why? I see the characters, I write like real people. They are flawed. In most cases, they are broken and they feel alone. I think it's partly a reflection of how most creative people feel. We spend a lot of time in our own heads and sometimes it's a lonely place to be. We actually need other people to open us up a bit and get us out. I don't think I want to trade places with any of the characters I have written so far. They go through a lot of pain. Which erotica authors do you think we should be looking out for? Erotica is a big C and there's a lot of of people doing things. My shortlist contains all of the roadworks, Ed Leather, Logan Black, and Sesame Swallow. What are you working on now? I am doing a much bigger book centered around a secret society for my next one. I will not say a lot of it now, but I will be putting more out in the next coming weeks. It will be a lot dirtier than what I have done so far. Can we get a preview? I don't really like releasing previews because things tend to change a lot by the time I publish. When it's time, I will be happy to submit it for another podcast if you will have it. We had to ask. Anyway, how can we follow Lisa X. Lopez? You can find me on my website, lisaxlopez.com. I am also on Twitter at Lisa Lopez Erotic, and I have just started a YouTube channel. I also publish on Lerotica, Lush Stories, and Wattpad. Thanks for joining us. I really appreciate you giving my work some time and discussing it. Thank you to everyone who reads and enjoys my story. I am grateful for the chance to be here. You guys do a great show.
1: You're listening to All the Filthy Details. (laughs) It's time for us to find our next star-recommended author. So let's hand you over to Filth, the erotic book review.
5: Hello, erotica connoisseurs. This is Di, and you're listening to Filth, the erotic book review. We've got three books to review this month and a new author and book to recommend to you all. I'm sure you're dying to hear what we have to offer, so without further ado, let's get started with our first book. Mind Night Blue, First Night with a Vampire, by L.B. Hartdog.
3: The man wets his finger and then slowly makes a flicking motion, drawing a line up and down Auburn's clit. He pushes his finger into Auburn's pussy slowly, and at the same time pushing his cock in, Red also. Red is on her back, and Auburn is above Red on her hands and knees, while the man is behind Auburn. He thrusts his hips and his finger, fucking both women at the same time. The women are turned on, watching each other's faces as the pleasure starts to build. Red is feeling the man's cock spread her pussy wide open, as he is doing nice, slow, long strokes. Her wetness slimes up his cock, making me lick my lips that are dry from my open mouth and heavy breathing. The man now introduces a second finger into Auburn's pussy, making her mouth gape open from his fingers inside her pussy, moving downward, finding her G-spot and being careful to rub gently, making Auburn pause again and let out a shivering breath of air. The skill of this man is amazing, keeping a nice pace while fucking both women is not easy. He speeds up his hips, fucking red with hard, deliberate thrusts, making her lose her breath with each hit. Now Auburn just freezes while he fingers her very sensitive G-spot, causing her hips to push back against his finger for that deep feeling sending chills through her body that comes out as sound of moans. I look over at Lady, and she has her hand on her pants, rubbing her clit in circles with her eyes fixed on the action. I join Lady by lifting my dress up to my hips and slipping my finger down to my clit, following this gorgeous Lady's example. Shortly, with his fingers rubbing her G-spot, Auburn orgasmed and coated his fingers with her white cream. He orders her to taste, so Auburn spins around so that her pussy is above Red's head. The guy so seductively inserts his fingers into Auburn's mouth, ordering her to suck his fingers hard. The harder she sucked, the harder he fucked. Red was feeling every inch of him while rubbing Auburn's thighs. He orders Auburn to drop her pussy on Red's face. As soon as she did, a wet tongue greeted her pussy with hunger. Red's orgasm was starting to build because she loved pussy, and eating is what pushed her over the edge. This view was more than I could stand. I rubbed so hard that I squirted, launching my clear orgasm onto the grass while I kept rubbing. Without noticing, Lady moved behind me, putting her hands on my waist pushing her pussy against my ass, grinding me. I feel the heat of her body with her heavy breathing down my neck. I'm not into women, but God, she feels so good touching me. I close my eyes and think of me being fucked like that. The man notices us, and I open my eyes to him turning his head in our direction. His fucking skills are amazing because while he never took his eyes off of us, he fucked Red as if she had his full attention. Red reaches down with one hand, rubbing her clit, while the other hand is wrapped around Auburn's thigh, so she can't get away from this tongue-fucking from Red. Red held her hips tight while Auburn is fucking Red's tongue. The man stares at us, at me, now with his hands holding up the ankles of Red, fucking her as if a person holds up a rug and beats the dust off of it. Red's orgasm is violent as she screams a high-pitched scream, kicking her legs so that the man lets go, and Red rolls onto her side to cradle her pussy that was just abused by this guy. The man's cock is hard and wet from Red, so he grabs Auburn's hair and guides her head to his cock. She gladly sucked it and tasted Red's arousal. and caused her to suck his cock very hard and rough. The man, again never losing eye contact with me, holds Auburn's head steady and starts to fuck her mouth. Her deep throat squeezes the tip of his cock, making him lose control. As if her mouth were a pussy, this guy jams his fat cock down the back of her throat and holds her head still. He coats the back of her throat with his white pleasure. Auburn gags, spitting up some of his cum along with her spit. Finally, the man closes his eyes to enjoy the tingling that comes from a huge release of cum. He lets go of Auburn while she coughs and catches her breath. Even though he came, his cock is still poking out, but slowly dropping as he turns to see me just in time. Lady slips her tongue out and up and down my neck. My tingles and chills meet, making me grunt while slightly bending my knees and thrusting my hips, shooting more clear orgasm, but this time in spurts. Lady holds me around my waist, riding my orgasm with me as my head tips back and rests on her shoulder. The man makes it over to us, and as soon as I regain my sanity... I pull out my hand and pull my dress down, trying to salvage any decency I have left. The man greeted Lady with a kiss and stuck his hand out to shake mine. I extended and he spun my hand around and kissed the backside of it, like a gentleman. He invited us to sit down and talk while he put a robe on his delicious body, which I didn't want him to cover. We sat and began to talk about nothing important.
5: Mind Night Blue is an erotic introduction to a series which not only looks to build its own world, but re-educate us about the beings we more commonly know through fiction as vampires. We learn what these vampires, spelt with a B, are, their origins, powers, and how they reproduce, among other things. Expect a lust-driven tale with supernatural elements sprinkled in. Stuffed, a Thanksgiving Erotic Romance by Hannah Murray
3: Please, Daddy. She lifted her hands from where they'd been clinging to the sheet and reached up to grip Spence's forearm. Please, can I come? I've been such a good girl, and I need to come so bad. Please, Daddy, please. This is the hottest fucking thing I've ever seen, Evan muttered. Hands down, Jude agreed, and Tuck grunted in agreement. He continued to fuck his wife. Teeth gritted against the need to let himself go as he waited for Spence's answer. He hoped to fucking Christ it was yes, because he couldn't hold on much longer. That's a very pretty please, Spence's voice was tight with strain. Don't you think that was a pretty please, fellas? Beautiful, Jude said. Gorgeous, Evan chimed in. Best please ever, Colin said. Tuck just grunted. He was rapidly losing the fight to stay in control, so a sharp nod was all he could manage. "'Please,' Esme begged again, her knuckles going white as she dug into Spence's arm. "'Please, please, please!' Spence let go of her breasts, shoving his hands down between her legs. Hers still clamped onto his forearms." He used his fingers to grip her labia and spread her wide so the swollen flesh of her pussy gleamed red below the glistening thatch of pubic hair. The hood of her clit peeled back so the hard little nub stood out like a thumb. Go ahead, Tuck, Spence instructed, panting a little. Make her come. Thank Christ, Tuck's heartfelt oath mingled with Esme's sob of joy and he reached down and laid his thumb on her clit. That was all it took. She clamped down on him with a scream and her body went stone still for a heartbeat. Then she started to shake. The rippling convulsions making her tits bounce and her legs tremble. Little mewling cries spilling from her lips. He kept fucking her. Driving in and out of her clutching pussy. Reveling in the hard, rhythmic pull of her muscles on his cock. Until with a shout, he followed her over the edge. He had the presence of mind to pull out and aim, shooting his cum onto the already matted thatch of pubic hair, over the open lips of her still pulsing pussy. He could actually see it contract and flutter with her orgasm, and if he'd been capable of coming again, the sight of her would have sent him over the edge a second time. Spence took advantage of his sudden withdrawal, planting his feet on the bed and using his legs to pump up into her. Esme's eyes went saucer-wide and she squealed. Then her eyes rolled back and she began to shake again, and Tuck knew she was coming a second time. Shit, I can't take it! Jude groaned beside him, and Tuck glanced over to see his friend furiously stroking his cock in angry red. I'm going to come! On impulse, Tuck stepped back. Come on her. Jude's hand froze, his gaze flying to Tuck's. What? Come on her, Tuck repeated, and glanced at Evan and Colin. They were jerking off, too, standing shoulder to shoulder, their eyes glued to the scene on the bed. All of you. Are you sure? Evan asked, inching forward. Yeah, she's already covered in it, he pointed out when Colin hesitated. Do it, Spence grunted, hips flying. He'd grabbed her thighs, lifting and spreading them apart, and they could clearly see his cock shuttling in and out of her ass, his balls slapping her wide-open pussy. She wants it, don't you, Esme? Yes, she groaned, eyes hazy from the orgasms, body still twitching in the last spasms of pleasure. That's good enough for me, Jude said, stepping up to the bed. He braced one knee on the mattress, fist flying until with a grunt he unloaded. Tuck barely had time to appreciate the sight of his friend pumping cum onto his wife's bush, because as soon as the first shot landed, an answering spurt came from across the bed. Cullen had crowded in on the other side and was coming like a fire hose, less than he had before but still impressive. Not to be left out, Evan stepped into the space Tuck had just vacated and added his contribution to the come-fest. Tuck watched in awe, committing the sight to memory so he could describe it to Esme later. He heard Spence's hoarse shout, followed by his wife's answering squeal, and assumed he was coming as well. Colin, finally spent, managed to stagger back to sit on the chase as Jude collapsed on the side of the bed. Evan, the last to finish, simply sat down on the floor, and Tuck stared at his wife. Spence still had her legs wide, putting her pussy on display. It was coated with cum, Jude's and Collins and Evans and his, clinging to her bush and dripping from her cunt, red and open and engorged. It slid slickly down to her asshole, empty now as Spence's cock had slipped free. It was still dilated, pulsing and twitching as the muscle fought to return to its pre-fucked state. So some of the cum simply streamed into the open space. On the
5: other side of the COVID pandemic, a married couple and our protagonists Esme and Tuck consider having another group sex experience similar to the one they had before COVID when they embraced the lifestyle. However... This time, they aim to include a small number of non-lifestyler friends in a Thanksgiving gangbang. Expect talks of implication and consequences, character development, and, of course, sex and group sex scenarios. The Singwine Elf by George Barrett
3: Ah, uh, Islin winced before continuing. I could feel her heartbreak. Poor, poor woman want a man to look at her as if she were nothing. I know that feeling. William sympathized. He continued to pick away the final bits of wax from Aislinn's back. Once he was done, he uncapped the salve and began applying it to her body. She hissed and winced when it met her skin. He worked the medicinal material not just to her buttocks, but her back where the wax had touched her. Tell me about it. "'Aislinn stated. "'Tell me about your life before you became a vampire.' "'William shook his head at the memories of it. "'There was silence while his hands smeared the salve over her, "'the areas where she was deep red from the paddle. "'Feeling each cheek in his hand, "'he couldn't help but admire how firm her cheeks were "'and how soft her skin was. "'At first, he wanted to just gloss over the details of his life.' But in the intimacies that they shared, he couldn't hide them, or rather, the desire to tell her overruled the caution to hold them. My life, William exhaled, while he continued Aislinn's aftercare. My life was pretty boring. I followed all the rules that I thought would get me ahead in life. I stayed in school. I got good grades. I went to college. I graduated. I got a job, and yet, despite following all the rules and getting to where I was, I felt so empty, unfulfilled, and miserable. I had hobbies and such, but a lot of them required a lot more money than what I was earning. I knew people, I guess you could call them friends, but no one close. It was the same with my family, a distant dad. A mom who would just pat my head whenever I had any troubles. I never really had a girlfriend. I had friends who were women, but no real serious relationships. I mean, I've had women as sexual partners, but nothing beyond that. I remember being at my desk and staring at my screen, wondering if it was worth it. I could already plot out the way my life was going to be and where it was going. It was because of that that I wanted more. I wanted my life to be filled with money, women, never having to work again, and being able to do whatever I wanted. I wanted that so much because I knew that my time in this world was finite, and I didn't want to die knowing that I lived a life of a nameless drone, And that was when I found Azrael, and he gave me the deal. But what I have now, this is not what I asked for. Now I'm still a drone, but I'm an immortal drone. Now I know what hell is like, and I haven't even left Earth to discover it. While talking, William had applied salve to all over Aislinn's buttocks and back. When he finished his sentence, she pushed herself up onto her knees and locked her gaze with him. Her eyes filled with such empathy that it looked like she was about to cry. Her delicate hand came up to his cheek and she leaned in, pressing her lips against his. It was such a lovely, soft feeling that he didn't want it to stop. He wanted her again, but he asked himself if it was the right time. Take me she whispered. But I have one request. What's that? William asked, feeling dazed in the haze of his lust and passion. Let me be on top, she begged. Ezra was so hard on my buttocks that I want to minimize the sting. Then stand up, William answered. Aislinn complied as William began to undress himself, once he was undressed, he set himself down on his back. He smirked at Aislinn and beckoned her over. She came over, bringing one leg over William's body and reaching down for his erect cock and positioning it to glide into her pussy. She set her hands on William's chest as she lowered herself on his cock before she began to bounce up and down. Ah. She cooed. Ah. <sighs> William's hands came up to the sides of her waist, and he held her there while his hips thrust upward against her. Oh! she cried out. Her eyes went wide at the act, but her hand came up to her mouth to muffle the sound. How was that? William asked, feeling smug that he got such a reaction out of her. The elf looked down at William and pulled her hand away from her mouth, showing her smirk. You're so bad, William. She leaned down and kissed him. Pulling back, she whispered, Keep doing it, and I'll muffle myself against your mouth. Challenge accepted. William grunted as he thrust himself hard upward. Aislinn made the quick move to place her mouth onto William's and muffled her cries into his mouth. (laughs) She cried before she pulled back and grunted, I'm gonna come. Harder fuck me harder. William fucked her as hard as he could. Oh, William, she cried out, keeping the volume down to a low huff of a whisper. I'm gonna come. Make me come. I love you. Make me come. (sighs) William grunted, climaxing along with her.
5: In a supernatural world, A being with a kind heart makes the ultimate deal with the devil to the displeasure of an oppressed minion seeking a moment of redemption. Well, that's almost the plot. A beautiful elf willingly submits to a sadist vampire, consenting to his every sordid demand. Meanwhile, the man he made his life slave is drawn to the elf, but can his intentions for her go further? Expect fantasy elements and BDSM. I can't wait to hear what Kat made of these titles. What did you make of these? Okay, I'm going to
0: start with Mind Night Blue. I loved it, but not all the way in a traditional sense. Did you ever see a soap opera called Sunset Beach? It was so bad that it was good. I get those vibes after reading this. This book had some unique call to actions like stopping you while you're reading to listen to a song on a playlist created to complement the book. However, these gimmicks ultimately didn't really enhance the experience for me at least. Still, I enjoyed it and I appreciated all the effort that went into this book, even though so much of the important erotic parts were written poorly. Then we had Stuffed. A well-written title worthy of winning the star recommendation, I like the protagonist. She knows what she wants and is going for it. Going for it just so happens to be the penis of all her husband's buddies. Not only does the author attempt to make the situation messy with the parties involved, but, of course, messy with all that sperm to go around. And finally, The Sanguine Elf. A great piece of BDSM erotica, which flirts within the fantasy genre it sits in. I'm not a big reader of fantasy erotica, but when we have read those titles, we're usually spoilt by the presence of more characters with a greater range of powers and skill sets than we encounter in this book. It's odd because I would say My Night Blue has a better lore and arguably a better story than this, but this is written better and has more skill. I'd also would say Stuffed has more examples of skill for writing, dialogue, and character development, but this is much better paced. Hard decision, but I like My Night Blue out
5: of these. We also asked our Star Recommendation winning guest, Lisa X. Lopez, to help review these titles. Here's what she
4: thought. I am going to start with My Night Blue by L.B. Harpdog. I will start with the issues I had in reading it. I have this sense that English is not the author's first language. That shouldn't stop anyone from putting down their story. It isn't my first language either. The problem here is that it very much shows. It shows in a way that made it impossible to finish the book. The book is filled with so many errors that it was very difficult to read. There are also so many strange shifts between present and past tense that it jars the reader out of any immersion in the story. I worked through the first few chapters, but the strange wording tense shifts, and even changes in viewpoint between some sentences really made it difficult to follow. All of that hurts to say because this story is obviously a labor of love. The author put a lot of work into creating a YouTube channel with trailers for the books. He also curated a playlist of music to go with the book. Reading his bio on his outer page shows that he put a lot of his heart into it. I do commend him on being able to write an entire series because some writers would never finish a piece of work that long. But this one was so badly in need of editing, copywriting, and proofreading that it smacks of a hasty first draft. Unfortunately, I can't recommend it as it stands right now. The second title is Stuff a Thanksgiving Erotic Romance by Hannah Murray. From a mechanical and technical standpoint, the writing in this story is solid. There's little to dislike about the voice or the style. The struggle for me with this one was the pacing. I like slow burn stories, but this one was so slow with not much burn. The opening 15 pages of dialogue between the husband and wife was a tough slog to get through. Finally, we do get to a bit of sexy, only it's not very sexy for me. This is a personal preference, but I have an aversion to pubic hair. The outer puts a lot of time into bringing up the wife's very hairy pussy and then describing it. In the aftermath of the sex, I wet and made it. That's some people's thing, but it wasn't for me. Rather than being turned on, I was just grossed out. All of that talk in one sex scene took 26 pages, which made things a really slow start. After that, we get more slow scenes with the wife and her job as a tattoo artist, followed by more slow scenes about planning this Thanksgiving delight. A lot of what could be sexy build up in this part is killed by realism. There's a lot of discussion about SDI condoms, COVID, and the things that make actual group sex a concern in the real world. For me, reading erotic fantasies is an escape from the real world. I don't want to be concerned with all of that. Finally, we get Thanksgiving. Only, we get lots and lots and lots more dialogue. TV, board games, friends, venting. So much dialogue. It takes 80 pages to get to any of the real spies, and by then... I felt so exhausted from all the dialogue over trivial things. By then, it was even harder to get through the 70 pages describing the Gambang with even more dialogue. For me, this one was well-written, but was just so slow, and the endless dialogue through it was way too much. I understand that it's character development, But nothing in it really made me care about any of the people doing the talking. I didn't personally feel much romance or eroticism in this one. The final entry is The Sanguine Elf by George Barrett. Erotica in a fantasy setting is a good start. Of the three, I think this one was the most engaging. From a technical standpoint, the writing is very solid. Based on the author's background, that makes sense. There were a few errors, but small things that are easy to dismiss when you are self-editing. They were all forgivable and didn't break the immersion. I don't have a lot to fault in this book. I think the mark of a good erotica story is if you can strip the graphic sex out and the story still stands on its own you have something this was one of those the sex was the icing on the cake to the story the vampire lore was a truly despicable villain while well, our hero wasn't exactly a saint, but he had a good heart i like great characters the themes around submission domination and humiliation really tick my boxes The love story was perfectly woven into it in a way that had me rooting for the heroes the whole time. I don't have as much to say about the title, which is a good thing. It was exactly as promised, a short, erotic fantasy story. The sex was hot, the characters likable and deplorable in their roles, and true love won in the end. You can't really ask for more from a sexy vampire book. I wouldn't rate it a page-turner, but I did actually want to know how it turned out, and I was pleased with it in the end. Breakdown and score its time.
5: Mind Night Blue is a 3.4 out of 5. I need to be crystal clear. This is a place in which we review erotica with the hope of recommending authors and works we consider to be elite. Unfortunately, this title is far from being up to scratch, which is a shame because LB has put a lot behind this brand. Where this book flies is attempts at world building and lore. Where it falls is its sheer lack of skill the sex scenes are often bland and non-compelling. There's a lack of feeling and imagination and wordplay that frustrates the reader. This title could have won this recommendation if the right editor was permitted to make tweaks to major elements of this book. Stuffed is a 3.9 out of 5. Hannah is an incredible writer, and that goes without question. But in this book, I'm not sure how she was trying to keep us engaged. Don't get me wrong. We've celebrated books that aren't very erotic, but in this title, we start with a premise that is deliciously naughty. And then Hannah piles on the hang-ups and issues. Yes, we want to make sure everyone we screw with is STD-free. Yes, we want them to be COVID-free. Yes, it would be nice if people sort out their hang-ups about having an erection in the same room. But come on, you have to keep the book sexy at some point, right? So we get character development, which is normally great, but we're talking about some of these side characters we don't even feel like we should be getting invested with. In Hannah's defense, she offered us three titles to review, and we did choose this one blindly. The Sangwine Elf is a 4.2 out of 5. This book is clever in regards to using sex and consent in a way in which they can establish a heroine and villain. I feel like for the non-con fans, this type of dubious consent is the happy middle ground. We get the impression that the elf doesn't want to have sex with the vampire, but because she tells everyone she consents to everything, she's duty-bound to do his bidding. One of the smartest things was making the elf a super-powered empath, meaning that despite any distress she would appear to be subjected to, she would feel the pleasure of her tormentor primarily. The romantic-type arc within the story works and keeps you glued to which way the book is destined to conclude. So, just to conclude, George Barrett is our Star Recommendation winner with their book, The Sanguine Elf. It's a fantastic, engaging, entertaining read. We will be inviting George to join us on the show. Hopefully, that happens for us. Thank you to everyone who submitted their manuscripts. You can find links to all of the titles in the description of this podcast. For those looking to learn even more about these titles, join us on Patreon for Shhh Extra Filth, where we typically go deep and uncensored from the book cover and website links to the soul-destroying stuff we don't want to say in public. Links are also in the description. See you over there!
1: You're listening to All the Filthy Details. (laughs) Fantastic stuff. Now... All the Filthy Details is part of the literally lovesick brand, which consists of this podcast, books, and exclusive Patreon content. But we want to do so much more. So recently, we've started another YouTube page. XXX Words, which is three X's followed by words, is an educational YouTube channel, which defines terminology and slang used in sex and erotica there are plans to release a book of the same name. Click on the link in the description to check it out. Here's what you can expect to hear. Figging. The practice of plugging the
0: anus with a raw piece of ginger. Prior to insertion, the root would be prepared by cutting it and shaving it to resemble typically a finger. The goal would be to generate a sensation of burning. Origins? Historically, this was used as a method of punishment, but it has survived as a lesser-known BDSM practice. Figging is one of the most popular forms of rafanidosis. Rafanidosis is the act of inserting root vegetables into the anus. This practice can be traced back to the Athenians, and the word itself is linked to the humble radish. Bukake A sex act consisting of multiple people ejaculating, mainly on the face of another person. Origins The word bukkake comes from the Japanese for the act of splashing. Legend has it that the practice was used as a form of punishment to discipline infidelity in ancient Japan. The cheating wife was bound in public for the sole purpose of allowing other men to ejaculate over her, degrading her further. Totally unsubstantiated As sex practices go, This one typically provides less intimacy for the participants, meaning that this may prove more satisfactory to the viewer than those involved. Hakao is a lactation fetish, for sexual purposes, part of the mammary kink. This term is usually prominently used in fiction, but does have a presence in porn. The secretions of the breasts are often consumed, sprayed, or collected as a form of foreplay origin. Although the acronym for human cow was coined with the last couple of decades, erotic lactation fetishes have been tracked back as far as the Romans and in the grim story of Perro, written within the first century AD. Follow the links to check out our new
1: YouTube page. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on Patreon. Check us out on Patreon. We have our exclusive
0: podcast, shh extra filth and several exclusive long play audiobooks we know you'll love we'll see you soon